0: Welcome to the geek to geek podcast, where maybe we should try to force more puns into our intro. I'm Void, and I'm here with my co-host, Bij. There are always more puns. Always room for puns. Nice. Um, They're fantastic. Tonight, tonight, we are talking about Zelda, Breath of the Wild, so the Triforce. Um, anyway, it's... Oh, man. I just shouldn't try to do puns. It's not good for me. Um... <laughs> We're going to talk about Zelda Breath of the Wild, and I thought it was mostly going to be a one sided conversation because I've been playing like since the day it came out. And then you were going to buy Nintendo Switch so why don't you tell people what happened
1: i ended up not being able to get a switch i sold something on ebay that was enough to cover a used wii u and the zelda game and still have money left over so i was i just straight up did that because i talked to a couple of people who had the wii u version and from what they were saying and i watched videos online as well Not i couldn't tell a difference that side-by-side frame rate comparisons like graphics wise i I was like, they look so similar, even when I had the numbers beside me, like I don't really see it. So it kind of goes back to what we were talking about the other day where I don't really get the better graphics. Like I don't see as much of a why it's a big deal. Like I literally couldn't see the difference in frame rates in a side by side video. So I was like, I'm going to get the cheap one.
0: But now you're the proud owner of a brand new used Wii U, right?
1: I am. And I'm really excited about it because there are a lot of games that I want to play on it that you and I have talked about, probably not on here, but that we've talked about just wonderful first party games that I'm going to get to play that they've re-released. So I'm really liking the system right now. That's good.
0: That's awesome. Yeah, you'll have to like play a little bit of catch up but i think you'll really like it just because you like nintendo systems so it's probably yeah a good investment
1: and the gamepad lets me actually do it uh the exact same way that i was going to be playing it on a switch the gamepad plays zelda really really well actually it's not as vibrant and awesome as it would be on the switch but jennifer gets to watch dr pimple popper and i get to play legend of zelda at the same time so it's awesome It's always that channel with you guys um okay we should get into (laughs) zelda
0: because we have like way more notes than we normally have so i can't tangent too much this week um i want to say up front so it's it's a very systems heavy game so we're going to talk a lot about like systems and probably like things we ran into organically i guess if you consider that spoilers i mean the game's all about exploration um we will talk a little bit about the story but i will save it for the end in case you like really don't want any like story spoilers but it's zelda like it's it's a zelda plot so uh, there's not a whole lot there to spoil um with that said like If you don't want to hear anything about the actual game, I will just say up front, this is my favorite Zelda ever. Like, yes, I was not confident saying that last week because I felt like I had barely scratched the surface. But now I've beaten the game. I've probably spent 50 or 60 hours with it just because I've been able to play it on the Nintendo Switch and I can take it everywhere in the house with me all the time. (laughs) So, yeah, yeah, yeah. This is my favorite Zelda easily and if you buy a switch like this is the must buy game for the switch
1: yeah this is this is literally a system seller for me that i've never really had that and it is by far the best zelda that i've ever played that playing this makes me feel like i did when i was 14 and playing ocarina of time for the first time and this one makes me feel that way like it just has this this feeling of pretty much everything that i like about games it has and it fixes so much of the stuff that I get frustrated with with other Zelda games. That's awesome. So I, it's awesome. Like, I am so all in. Like, you're lucky I'm podcasting tonight and not playing Zelda right now. <laughs> like, Jennifer <laughs> I, has been a Breath of the Wild widow for the last few days. No, um. And, we, like, we were talking. And
0: then you noticed that, I mean, we both kind of noticed we were talking about this. But it's like Nintendo has finally taken Western sensibilities and, like, put them into an open world game it's like nintendo finally decided to play all the games that came out from all the other studios (laughs) in the last 10 years and then like build on modern things and they haven't in so long i mean zelda has felt so stale to me for a really long time Mm -hmm. and it finally feels like Oh, man, I was going to say a breath of fresh air, but that's bad. I... Oh, that's good. More puns. More puns. Woo. But it does. It They're feels like that. Wild. Yeah. It, it. Oh, man. It feels like a breath of fresh air because it is. Like, it's so different from the other Zelda games. And there's enough of that core Zelda DNA that it still feels right. But... It's its own game. And it's like Nintendo's take on an open world in a way that we've never had
1: before. And I love it. Like, it's so good. And my one of my actual first experiences in playing through an open world game was Skyrim. And this and I got distracted constantly. I was just going and having, you know, doing everything in Skyrim that's the way I am with this. Only it's worse that I can put a marker on my map and go directly toward that pin, And then I get distracted by something that looks pretty and go over here. And then three hours later, I'm like, oh, yeah, there was a shrine 20 feet away and it's just like there's so much in this game but it still feels like zelda it never doesn't feel like i'm playing a legend of zelda game which is astonishing because of how different it is from the like ocarina of time wind waker twilight princess kind of formula that they've had going on yeah and like one of the things that
0: just drew me into this game is that there's no real tutorial there's like just barely but not really i mean The thing I hated the most about the last bunch of 3D Zelda games is how often Mm -hmm. it stops what you're doing to tell you stuff like you pick up a new item, you pick up a new rupee like you know if it's been like it just it always stops you to tell yeah okay I know that the red one is worth 20 like whatever stop (laughs) interrupting me and like it was to the extreme with like I, I couldn't even play Skyward Sword because it just... It was like a never ending tutorial that was extremely boring. Same thing with Twilight Princess when I went back to it. Like I just I cannot play those games because they are so slow to start. There's so much hand holding. They're not fun at the beginning. It's just tutorial after tutorial. And it's like, I get it, you know, just like let me play the game. And Breath of the Wild starts and there's no real tutorial. Like it makes you pick up a couple Mm -hmm. items and like prove that you know how to like walk from one area to another and then it kicks you into the great plateau and the great plateau is like the thing that is the closest to a tutorial
1: that the game has and it's just it's oh it's like the zones in world of warcraft that you go to like level 10 on where it's just like oh i I know the basics of how to do this now and it's kind of this contained yet There's a mildly dangerous kind of slant to it. Except in this game, it's very dangerous and you die a lot.
0: Yes. Even in the tutorial zone. Yeah. And it it teaches you that you'll die a lot, but that it'll be okay also. And it's like you get the four core abilities that are like your magic abilities, which are really basically iPhone apps with your Sheikah Slate. I I could Mm -hmm. not unsee the fact that the Sheikah Slate is basically just a smartphone. And I kept thinking about it as like his iPhone the whole time. And I... I don't know why. Um, but you go and you have to hit up like the four shrines on the Great Plateau to get each of the four core abilities for your Sheikah Slate. And after that, you get access to the glider, and then you're set loose on the world, and you can go literally anywhere. Like it will and not stop it, you. You can wander into Im- not impossible areas, but very very hard areas right away, and it's your own fault. But it's fun, and because of that.
1: I think speedruns for this game are going to be insane. I really want to see speedruns of this game, not because of how quickly they're going to get through it, because I don't care about that. I want to see players who are that much better at this game than I am able to do that, because I simply do not understand how people will be able to, and I know they're going to. That I know you can beat this game with three hearts and just the base stamina. I'm sure you can. I just simply don't understand how that is humanly possible. Yeah. And I
0: actually played with three hearts for a really long time because, well, we'll talk about it here in a minute. I, I can't let myself right. tangent. We have lots to talk about. Um, I, I guess the main tutorial thing that I wanted to like really hit home before we move on is that it's the first Zelda game that just trusts you not to be stupid. And I saw yeah. a really interesting article about it. I think it was on polygon. Um, But it was all about how like the game just trusts you to go out there and figure it out. And it tells you a little bit, but doesn't tell you too much. And it's like they're smart enough to realize that with all of the enthusiast press out there and with all of the just fans of a game, like there will be guides within the first day you know you can go to like the zelda subreddit and there will be like a step by step like here are all of the tips and tricks to zelda if you want to know it and not figure it out organically you know there will be stuff on game facts there's going to be stuff on like ign like a step-by-step walkthrough like all of that will exist within a week of the game coming out so they don't need to cram all this tutorial junk into the game and just bog it down and i
1: think it it serves the game really well the only problem that i've seen that of this that that with it not holding your hand with it not being with it trusting you not to be stupid is that I worry about the kids who are going to play this like when you and I were young picking up a game like this because this is an unbelievably hard game for me and because I mean I I had the the nickname in World of Warcraft Professor Stands in All the Fire and This game is, again, making me earn that nickname. So I wonder about like eight-year-olds playing this game if they're going to be able to do a lot of that stuff because it's not and because uh, it's not terribly easy and also like my wife tried it like jennifer picked it up and just explaining to her how it happened and i was still i it was before i did the first uh divine beast dungeon and just doing stuff like that she was like i hate this game just n- not because it was hard necessarily she didn't like this style of game but it was like i was trying to explain everything about it. she's like i so don't care about all that But it's not her, but it was just like there was so much to tell her that I was wondering how
0: like maybe that's where you went wrong, because like you were telling her and letting instead of letting her figure it out. And like, that's one of the things with my kids, right? Like I see them play games. I see them learn new games. And it's not about sitting down and telling someone. It's about giving somebody enough hands on time that they figure it out on their own. So like, I don't think you're giving kids enough credit for like how much they will just throw themselves at a game over and over and over. Like there are so many games that my daughter is so much better than I am at them because she has the time and she will just throw herself at it over and over again. So like she's way better at Kirby than I ever am going to be already. You know, she's six like she can just destroy (laughs) a Kirby game and it's miraculous to watch. And there's a bunch of games like that where if they come to me and ask for help, I honestly cannot help them because they are better at the game than I am. (laughs) <laughs> that is awesome and you know they're four and six like kids have an amazing ability to learn and like just i don't discount that but i mean i guess we should just talk about the fact that like this is a zelda game where failure is always an option you know it's harder than probably any zelda game before it but i do think it's like it's tough but it's fair and yeah one of the things i saw this is kind of what i was getting at before with the the hard thing um most of the time when I was getting hit, it's either like a totally reasonable amount of damage, like a part of a heart, or it was an instant kill. And it was like one of the two extremes. Like there was no middle damage tier. It felt like. So what I ended up doing for the a huge chunk of the game was playing with 3 hearts and just upgrading my stamina because I loved to climb on things. Like climbing on things is so fun and stamina lets you climb on them for longer and better and like you can go higher and all of that kind of stuff so i don't even know how long i was on three hearts until i found out that you need a bunch of hearts to be able to get the master sword it's a requirement yeah and that is the only reason that i started upgrading my hearts otherwise i was kind of tempted to try to just do the whole game on three hearts
1: i went immediately for the hearts i have enough now i got my master sword this morning as of this recording and since i have two stamina containers. Like that's it. Those are that's the number of shrines that I've done as uh, to be able to get the get the master sword and then I got my second stamina container today. And honestly, I don't see a lot of difference in the stamina. Like I don't climb like the full face of the mountain like you do probably. I Go. I run around a lot, like I because and so my stamina refills. I walk for a few seconds and then I run more. That's how I get around a lot more than I climb pretty much everything. But I use the physics of the game to hit a crack, let my stamina refill, and then move further up. I feel like you in this game because I'm figuring out ways to break the not not break but take advantage of the game's physics and systems. That's good, like that you're doing that.
0: But like I. You will get to parts where there are mountains that are taller and they don't have, like, good spots to stop on. And it just gets... I don't know. I I immediately saw how fun climbing was and I never wanted to be able to, like... I I never wanted to get stuck not being able to climb something that I wanted to. So Uh. I just doubled down on stamina and I never, never once regretted it. Like, if I were to play this game again from scratch, I would probably try to do just, like, a stamina-only run just because I think it would be fun. And... I had a lot of fun learning how to like dodge guys and avoid damage <laughs> and if you do a perfect dodge you get a flurry attack that looks so cool. Like I felt like so a badass. Awesome. Yeah. Um so that was that was really cool. And then the other thing about it being tough but fair is that it has a really good autosave system. Like better than most games I've seen. I feel like most of the time, not all the time but most of the time when you die it will load you at a point where like you would have saved manually if you were paying attention to it, you know? Yeah. Like the last point that most you would most of the time, most of the time, like the last point you would have quick saved if it were a PC game, you know, like right before you're going to go into yep. an encounter. Um, the only time it falls down a little bit is if you're in a very heavily infested area of enemies, because it's like, I think it, it tries to watch for like when you're far enough away to be considered safe. And If there's lots and lots of enemies and you're like sneaking through them or running through them or whatever, and you never really get far enough away from enough enemies, it won't quite get it. But again, that's the Mm -hmm. exception. The rule is that it's almost always good auto
1: saves. Probably the worst save that I've had is a loss of maybe about 30 minutes. And I think it's for that. That I think it was because I kept going around a lot and and not necessarily uh, getting away from the enemies. See, that's crazy to me because the worst I ever lost
0: was like two and a half minutes. And I'm actually now I'm wondering if the autosave is different on the Wii U and the Switch because they're different hardware. I wonder if one of them supports
1: it better than the other. Huh. I don't know. I've not had much issue with it. Like, it's only been a couple of times where I'm like, seriously, you brought me back there. And it was a major issue where I thought it had. And there were a couple of times where I thought it had saved and it hadn't. And I was like, "Ah, it's fine. It saves all the time. Anyway, I didn't manually save it before I did something stupid. And then I lost all of the uh, cooking that I had just done. And I was like, well, I'm not cooking again. I just went on about
0: my day hmm yeah i wonder if that's a difference between the versions and i'm not sure that's just me speculating right but yeah like i haven't had any problems the autosave has worked fantastic for me the whole game um we should talk a little bit about the setting because i think it's a really cool zelda setting like it's oh it's so good it's post-apocalyptic kind of but it's like pretty apocalyptic like the thing that i hate about fallout games is that after I play them for like 20 hours, I just feel depressed because of the environment, <laughs> right? Whereas this is a Zelda game where, like, and this is the plot that you figure out within like the first hour. So I'm not really spoiling anything here, but it's like, it's a Zelda game where Link has failed and Link goes into like a cryogenic sleep and then he wakes up. And you wake up and the world is green again right and like the destruction happened 100 years ago so it's had time for everything to recover so it's kind of this like pretty apocalypse setting where there's some leftover technology from the stuff that happened before and that big disaster event with ganon and stuff but a lot of the time it's buried or dormant or destroyed sometimes it's still active but like the environment is green and i think that like Vibrant green environment makes a huge difference in
1: how I feel about a game. By the time I've spent forty or sixty hours with it, yeah. And this one feels a lot more. And I hate to say that it feels a lot more natural when you're talking about that, but it feels a lot more realistic in terms of if after an apocalypse like this, a hundred years has passed, or however many years has passed, the sun would shine. I mean, things would be green. That there would be nature coming back and overtaking it, and it's not all earth tones of mud and gray skies all the time so i really do understand where you're coming from because there are some truly breathtaking places in this game breathtaking breath of the wild taking i'm sorry i don't i'll just keep doing it all night long oh it's just gonna be one of those episodes um so uh-huh. the, there's technology
0: in the game and i think it's kind of an interesting use of technology because like i said it's kind of leftover from that previous era but the sheikah slate is basically a smartphone i mentioned this a little bit but it's like you go climb the towers and their towers kind of like you know assassin's creed whatever you go climb up high and you activate the area but you when you get into that tower you like put link's smartphone into a little compartment and he basically like downloads a local copy of google maps for the region and pretty much yeah i just i couldn't unsee it it's he's just downloading a local copy of the map to his smartphone um but i do like the tower climbing a lot it's usually a puzzle in itself not the first one or two but besides those it's always kind of like how do i get up there or how do i fight my way to it or sneak my way to it or there's some kind of puzzle around it which is fun
1: yep And I still haven't I've been playing this game for, I think, about four days now, and I've beaten two of the dungeons, uh, two of the Divine Beast dungeons now. And I'm working on my third and I still haven't opened up every tower like there is still at least one area that I haven't even traveled into yet that this game is huge and getting to the towers has actually been one of my goals recently. That was like, I just like doing this and these are fun to get to and see what all they've done. And I really, really, really like the way that they've put the towers together that the, uh, I think my favorite was the Akala tower, the one that was covered in corruption and that had the like broken castle around it. Like that one was really, really fun for me. Yeah, the towers
0: were... I think I did most of the towers before I did any of the like dungeon equivalents, which we'll talk about those later, but it's a little mm. bit more spoilery. Um, But I, I think I did all the towers before I did any of those, just because I have fun finding them and climbing stuff. I always do that in Assassin's yeah. Creed, too. I unlock every like viewpoint before I do anything else, just because it's fun for me. I love climbing on stuff. And the the towers themselves are... Like, one of, the, one of the interesting things about when you d- download the map and, like, get the local area from a tower that I think is extremely smart is that it's not like Ubisoft games where you get a, a map of the area and then suddenly you see, like, a million icons pop up. You are oh, okay. only getting the, like, topography of the map, right? You can zoom in and you can see, like, what different regions are called in Zelda, but you don't see... A billion icons pop up and it's like, oh, man, there's so many things I have to get done in this open world game. Like that's where Assassin's Creed turns into a chore sometimes because you just look at the map and it's just so many things left undone that it just kind of like bugs you. And
1: yeah, I think that would bug me. I mean, I've never played an Assassin's Creed game, so I didn't quite know what you meant by that at first. And now I'm like, yeah, because the. I way that they handle the map in this, because I love seeing the regions, and then I'm like, I wonder what's over there, and then I just go. Yes, for sure. Um, One of the other things I want to talk about yes. is
0: cooking, because it's
1: fun in this
0: game. Like It's fun-ish? It's, it's fun, and there's this extremely satisfying cooking yes. music that happens, but it's a very... Yes,
1: like isn't that sound effect I love effect it, and so when you good? get basically the critical, it just makes you happy. It's like, ooh, it's a different sound. It, does. It, it, it And it's like,
0: that's what Nintendo does so well, is like these little touches that's like, that, that little touch of like the way that the cooking happens and like the food uh-huh. bounces around in the bowl and the little cooking sound music that you get out of it and the success sound, that's like Nintendo at uh-huh. its core, right? That's the kind of stuff they do. Like you're not going to see that. In an Ubisoft game, you're not going to see that in, you know, the m- latest modern AAA game on PlayStation or Xbox. Like, it's a Nintendo Touch, and I just love that kind of thing. And the so the cooking, because of that sound effect, honestly, like the sound effect and the animation, it makes it uh-huh. super fun. And even at like, it, it was really fun for the first 20, 30 hours, and then for the other 30 hours, it was still fine because of that sound effect. But it got... More and more to the point where I was like, I kind of wish there was like a quick menu where I could pick previous recipes and like do a batch cook. But part of that might just be like some of those MMO tendencies coming out. Like, can you just automate this for me? Um, But I never got
1: sick of the sound effect. Even if it wasn't batch cooking, I wish it saved your recipes because the only way that you can look at a recipe is if you have the item in your backpack. And if you've already eaten it and you want to make it again, you can't look at the recipe that you've done and found in the past. Yeah, there are definitely some things they
0: could improve there. But again, that sound effect is
1: just I know. spot it on. It is. It's just straight up one of the best parts of the game. And I know that's weird that this little six second kind of sound effect has, is like, no, this makes the game worth playing.
0: Yes. OK, how about the shrines? What do you think of the shrines?
1: I love the shrines. Okay. I absolutely adore the shrines, except for just a couple of them. Like, I go, like, I love Zelda puzzles. Like, I really can't even express how fun I find Zelda puzzles. I think I mentioned in our other episode that I ran a DD campaign or tried to that was built around Legend of Zelda style puzzles that does not translate really well to pen and paper, by the way. But I love these puzzles. And so, when you told me that there were these like 5 to 10 minute like compact puzzle sets i was like this is going to be so much fun and i've done i think 45 of them now from the what the loading screen tells me and i have only run into i think two that i've left out of frustration and one of them that I had to look up on the internet because it was like 10 o'clock at night, which is way past my bedtime. And it was the last one I needed before I could get my master sword. And I was like, I just want to know how to do this. And it turns out, I was like, oh, you get that. OK. And there was only one that I truly, true too that. I truly, truly, truly hated and want to take someone out back and strangle them. So I'm
0: curious, are the two that made you angry? Are they the ones that use the motion control? because i've heard that those are notoriously horrible on the wii u version
1: it's not even that they're all are now are those in the switch i'm assuming they are the exact same kind of puzzles they are they're the exact same puzzles but they are not
0: a pain the way that like everyone i've talked to who's played the wii u version has said that those puzzles are horrible on the wii u and everyone i've talked to on the switch system has said that they're fine and that's kind of how i felt like they weren't the best puzzles but i wasn't mad about them like i didn't feel like they induced rage it was just kind of like oh okay motion control gimmick whatever
1: they the uh, let me think how to even put this of the ones that i've done so far it wasn't so much the motion control that was the really big issue it was the uh physics in the game because the motion controls combined with what is almost a frictionless steel ball doesn't make any sense to me where it's really hard to it was the one of them where i can't remember the name of it but it's basically you're maneuvering the ball through the labyrinth and trying to get it to come out the other side uh kind of like that wooden maze if you've ever seen those that use knobs to tilt around and the ball was not behaving like I expected it to. Like, it was almost like there was less friction there. And so it would roll differently than the angle showed that it should, uh, based on the way that I understand that spheres roll. And then the same thing happened when I was like, there's one where you use the magnetism to take a cup And go underwater and pick up the balls out of it. And dunk them in basically a little basket. And the balls rolled way more at my movement than I thought that they would. It's like the ball physics are just a little bit off for me. And the way that I think that they're going to. So that's where I have issues with any of the motion controls. Is when they tie in with a little bit of the loose physics of the game.
0: And it's totally fine on the Switch version. It is a unique problem to the Wii U version. Like, based on what I've heard from you and other people, like, I none of them, I mean, they were motion control things, which I'm not a huge fan of, but it was, like, a couple minutes of, like, oh, okay, I guess I'll do a motion control thing. Now I'm done with it. And everyone I've talked to in the Wii U version just hated them. Like, they said it was almost impossible and, like, your level of frustration. and Yeah, yeah but... Uh, just a tip for that one, the one where you were talking about it rolling through like the maze labyrinth thing, Uh huh. you can flip that 180 degrees over and just have it roll off the bottom, by the way.
1: Oh, see, I caught it. I figured I had to catch it in the final tube of it, basically the straightaway of it. I figured I had to position it that as it fell, it would just fall into the last part and it was just getting it to actually roll straight that I had the issue with yeah that sounds frustrating
0: But like i really do like that five to ten minute puzzle formula yes because it's it's like a mini bite of a classic zelda dungeon and it doesn't overstay its welcome like i have never been a fan of the really long zelda dungeons which is another reason that i probably don't like the other 3d zelda games as much as most people because those dungeons just drag on it's like hours like you spend hours in those things and if you die they send you back to a really bad starting point there's usually only like one or two real checkpoints in those older zelda dungeons and this gives you the same like thrill of solving a zelda dungeon puzzle but it takes you five or ten minutes and it's this nice compact little bite of gameplay and then once you do that Not only are you rewarded with getting like an orb, which you can trade in eventually for hearts and stamina, but it also turns it into a fast travel point, which I just think is a brilliant piece of design. Like you are rewarded for the puzzle on so many levels.
1: It turns into a fast travel point even once you open the door. You don't have to beat it. I found out much later. So uh, if you don't even want to go through with the puzzle and just come back, you can just make sure you open the door and activate it and turn the bottom blue. And you can go and fast travel back there at any point you want to do it. I realized that it was probably after 25 or 30 of them that I noticed, Oh, that thing turns blue the moment that you open the door. And I was like, Oh yeah, it's just the top of it. That's still orange, meaning that it hasn't been solved. So, and I tried it and sure enough I could teleport back there.
0: Yeah, that's, that's really cool. So I like all of that gameplay design. There is a system in the game that I've heard like mixed reviews of. And it's the main thing that comes up when people don't like the game. Um, And really, there's two systems that tie together. So I wanted to talk about those. There's item degradation, right? Like items wear out and they break. That ties into inventory management, too. So the item degradation part, I think it pretty much works. Um,
1: Yeah, pretty much.
0: I don't mind constantly switching weapons. I don't mind when it tells me that like this weapon is worn out and it's about to break. Because whenever you last hit with a weapon it does a critical attack which is really cool like whether you throw it at an enemy or you just hit them with it in a normal attack it will do a critical damage hit um and i I don't mind the switching the switching between them and then like as the game goes on your weapons last for longer and longer the better weapons that you get so it's like You're switching a lot at the beginning, which is a little bit annoying. But as you get like you move off the (laughs) wooden weapons, you move more towards the metal weapons and then like guardian weapons and some of the high end weapons in Hyrule Castle. Like those things last for a long time.
1: And my main thing with the switching weapons is that even the ones that last a pretty good long time don't last quite enough for me. If they lasted about 50% more, I think it would be okay. Like that would be the perfect level because I'll find a really awesome sword. And I found one today, actually. There's a giant in there there is a giant sword statue that, that has been carved into the mountain on top of uh as you're going down into Gerudo. And it is just this gigantic, like hundred foot tall sword, and beside it there is a golden claymore. And I love this thing and it it just doesn't last as long as I like when I find one that's pretty and that that you feel like it should last it still breaks because of just as much as you have to hit things and I would like to be able to either have like a single repair for them before they go away or some system like that or just give them about 50% more durability I just it's not even that I want to keep my weapons it's just that I'm tired of the inventory system with it that i don't have enough room for them i like to keep the ones i really 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 like just a little bit longer and that's that's what i want to talk about because like
0: the item degradation doesn't bother me that Mm-mm. part of the system i think is totally fine even with how long they last it doesn't bother me at all the part that bothers me is the other part that ties into it which is the inventory management inventory management in games is not fun and no this game gives you a limited it's so weird because like you can pick up cooking ingredients you can pick up key items you can cook stuff and you have not an unlimited inventory but basically an unlimited inventory like it's really hard to hit the max for food or cooking or random stuff you pick up but there's a very limited inventory for weapons and shields and bows and yes i hate dealing with this because there's no way in the game to quickly drop them and and even that would go a long way towards making it better. But, like, when you see a new weapon and you know that it's better than your worst weapon, there should mm-hmm. be a way to walk up to it, hit one button, and drop the worst weapon in your inventory and pick up that new weapon. And there's not, Halo you have to, yeah, like, you have to go into a menu go find that weapon, which is annoying because you have to scroll through and find, okay, which one is my worst weapon, like tap on it, or not tap on it, but hit the button to select it, and then you have to select drop. And then you go back to like the main game, try to walk over to the new weapon and try not to accidentally pick up the one you just dropped. Like you do that all the time and it's not fun to go into your inventory and out. And it's, it's a little bit less so for shields and bows, although they run into the same like, issue, but the main weapon slot, I wish it was just, like, infinite, or at least there was a quick switch.
1: And the only, the only thing that I found that's even quicker is switching to it and then throwing it, using the, uh, on the Wii U, it is the, like, right, button uh the r button it's not rz it's r and you can just toss it so i just throw whatever weapon it is away switch to it throw it and then pick up the new one where it saves a little bit of time that way
0: yeah and that's i mean that helps it's ever clunky. so
1: slightly but
0: it's just not elegant yeah it's clunky it doesn't feel like it's designed as much as it should have been and Like, yes, you can expand the inventory, like all of those seeds that you pick up for exploring the world. You can use those to expand whichever inventory slot you want. By the end of the game, I had maxed out my primary weapon inventory, and it still just wasn't enough. I was constantly running into this. So the only system in this entire game that I just actively dislike is this inventory management for weapons. Mm
1: -hmm. Well, and also the food. I mean, I get hit a lot, like a lot and <laughs> that wasn't as big of an issue for me like i get hit a lot and i wish there was a quick menu for food i like kind of like kingdom hearts and the way that you use healing spells or items that way i wish there was something to be able to pull up like you hold down and i was like oh look these are my elixirs and foods that i can eat right now i'm going to die let me eat this steak and i i would love that except most likely for me it would be a mushroom skewer. Didn't you
0: say your wife thought that you were playing like a turn-based <laughs> RPG or something or menu-driven in a boss fight?
1: So I was doing so bad at the Zora, uh, the Zora's Domain boss, the, the uh, I can't remember his name, but the one at the very, very end. I was doing so badly that I was going in and having to switch weapons and eat so much of my food and el- drink my elixirs that Jennifer thought that I was playing a game like Final Fantasy that was menu-based, that I would throw something Hit something, get hit, go into a menu, uh, eat, move around for just a second, uh, get hit eat something else like she asked me she's like that was good job you beat it And i'm like no i failed you just saw me be really 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 terrible like i failed at that i failed at zelda because you thought it was a menu based game and it's an action rpg <laughs> i was like that means i straight up <laughs> failed and i beat it but i mean i it was gaming the system on that one because it pauses battle and completely restores you in the menu like i there is no reason i should have one. I've gotten so much better since then, but man, it uh, it was rough.
0: Yeah. Nintendo keep working on that inventory system next game that comes out. But I mean, like I said, that's the only one where I actively felt like I was complaining about it and like fighting with it. Besides that, like I love all the systems in this game and like yeah. if, even some stuff that other people have commented on, like the music, like it's a really quiet game, but I kind of really like it like there's not constant music there are subtle music cues and they kind of like come and go as they make sense a lot of the time it's with the weather sometimes it's like when you're approaching an area or an object of interest but it always kind of just like flows in and out of the background sound of the environment and it it's very subtle but i think it just kind of works for this game
1: The sound design in this game, like you said, is pretty much brilliant, I think, because I never noticed it until you mentioned it that I just kind of I, I sat and I played and any time that it would there was something I needed to know what was going on there was a music cue like I knew that I was getting targeted by a guardian because the music changed to the you're getting attacked by a guardian music uh when a blood moon was coming I was like oh this one's gonna be fun so let me go somewhere safe and not kill something and get in the middle of a big fight because I heard the music like I would go into a new area and just the music would change before I even got the note of anything i'm just like this is beautiful like the way that it the way that it is designed is that it's a part of the world instead of something to entertain you and they've done such a good job of making this game a cohesive whole where everything it's like a very well-scored movie where the soundtrack is not necessarily something that you ever think about where it's just like there and except in this one the absence of it makes so much makes when it is there so much more meaningful yes
0: and i don't know if you've uh no this isn't really a spoiler i'll talk about it um i don't know if you've like approached hyrule castle yet just for fun yes because i i did fairly early in my run through the game um because there was one thing i wanted to get there i'll talk about that later what it's more spoilery but just approaching hyrule castle and like hearing the music swell up into some like classic zelda stuff and like it it just like gets your blood pumping because yeah. it's so subtle in most of the rest of the game. But then when you go into an area like that and it's dramatically appropriate, it kind of like slowly builds up under you and you just feel epic for lack of a better
1: yeah. word. That, I mean, really, that is the better word in that situation because it makes you feel like this hero by doing it. It makes you feel as though you're an explorer having come upon something important.
0: Yes, for sure. Um. Okay, we have a couple other things that aren't necessarily like connected, but I I know you wanted to talk about horses.
1: I don't like riding things. I don't like them. I don't like it at all. I hate those horses having their own personalities. I even at 100 percent bonded. I'm like, oh, look at you. You don't like me and you want to go left when I want to go over this bridge. Thanks, buddy. So I just leave them alone. I just I don't ride things.
0: Yeah, I caught a couple horses and there are a few areas of the game where it makes sense to like go to the stable and get the horses back out like Hyrule Field, for instance. Um, But most of the game, I was so busy climbing on things that horses were just getting in the way because like I wanted to go off the beaten path. I wanted to climb all the ledges around me and horses can't do that. I mean, they can if you like force them to do weird things, but it takes way longer. I just every time I tried to ride a horse, I would end up jumping off the horse and just jumping on a wall nearby and climbing it. And then I would leave the horse behind.
1: Now, I will say, though, there's one really awesome horse thing that happened that I tried to take a picture of. And then it ended like before I could get a picture of it to you, where at night that in certain areas of the game, you will get a skeletal horse riders. You can knock them off the skeletal horse and steal their skeleton and run around on it all night long. That yeah, it's fun. That is awesome awesome and then the sun comes up and your horse dies and it died as soon as i lined myself up for a really good photograph and uh because you know i'm on the wii u i can't screenshot it and send it to people like you can and so it was uh, it was sad oh, times. The screenshot
0: button on the switch is still it's really good like i stand by that from last week i think it's the best system for sharing content from a console to date
1: Like, yeah, I was trying to get my cell phone to take a picture of my television and like my horse died. But riding a skeletal horse does make up for anything else that 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 is awesome. And Epona may be different. I don't know. I don't have the amiibo to be able to play with Epona. So she may be completely different than the other wild horses that you tame.
0: Yeah. And I didn't even I mean, I have a couple Zelda amiibo around and I didn't even bother because like. I don't know. It felt kind of like cheating to just get free items. Like I wanted to really explore and earn everything in this game. So I didn't I wasn't even tempted to use the amiibo. I know some people like them, but whatever. Um, Did you want to talk about item upgrades or did we kind of already hit on it?
1: Uh, I think that's pretty much it. I actually have a question for you. Uh, Did you ever buy the bow? buy
0: a bow what do you mean like buy the one
1: where you get to craft the individual weapons up at the in the lab in the upper right hand corner did you ever buy the bow from him from the vendor there that you needed the ancient oh. bow
0: no i never crafted anything really okay like i i did the armor upgrades and stuff right because the fairies were interesting um yeah and like i liked the fairy fountain stuff and uh like upgrading the champions tunic all the way like that was one of my own goals before i beat the game i really wanted that because i just thought it was cool like it was obvious from the cutscenes and like the structure of the game that that is like what link is supposed to be in so i wanted to use the champion's tunic as much as possible and it turns out that you can upgrade that to the best armor in the game so i did that before i took on the final boss just because it was something i wanted to do and it also gives you an excuse to like see the dragons in the game which is really cool
1: yeah and that's what i'm working on right now that as soon as i beat this level of the dungeon that i'm on this well let me as soon as i beat this dungeon that i'm on now the third divine beast i'm going dragon hunting that because i want to upgrade all of my champions to it because i love it for the exact same reason you do because that's what link is supposed to be wearing yeah exactly like i like that it just seems to fit him a lot
0: um okay before we go into some of the and guys it's not very spoilery but before we get to any of like the story in this one um i just wanted to talk about like this game is set up for just things to happen organically that are interesting and it's the first time that nintendo has made a system that they're not afraid that you're going to break it because they just assume that you will break it and it'll be fun Mm -hmm. for you and It's so different because, like, Nintendo is so restrictive in the past. Like, you have to beat this dungeon this way in this exact order, and the puzzle has one solution, you know? Whereas now, like... There are different ways to approach the physics behind a lot of the things in this game. Sometimes you can just like fly up and over something and like get past a huge section where you were supposed to have combat encounter after combat encounter. And if you just go up high, jump off and like paraglide over it, you can skip it. Like, yep, there are lots of ways to break this game. And I had fun doing that because I've talked about it before, but I'm very like systems driven, you know, so that was super fun for me. I want to talk a little bit about like because of that. There are sometimes really interesting, just organic events that happen. You know, have you had any like really memorable ones? Like, what do you mean? Okay, so the first time I really noticed it was I was walking along a river and I stopped to talk to somebody because it was like a traveling merchant or one of those traveling adventurers and I needed to sell some stuff. So I started selling something and. When I, as I was selling it, I got attacked by an enemy that was also wandering along the side of the river on the riverbank, and I started fighting that enemy, and right when I thought I had the situation under control, three lizards that were swimming up the river saw me, jumped out of the river, and came to attack me, so now I'm facing off against two different sets of enemies, and it was just like, was that scripted? I thought it must have been scripted. So I asked my brother and I asked you and you're like, no, that didn't happen. Like I explained exactly where it happened and no one else had had that happen. And listening to other people that I trust, like somebody had talked about how cool it was that it was like a scripted event that when you jump off of the Great Plateau for the first time and you paraglide down, you land on a horse and everyone (laughs) went, wait, what? That didn't happen to me. That's not scripted. That was an organic thing that just happened to you. And the guy was like, his mind was blown, you know? And that kind of stuff happens all the time in this game.
1: My favorite thing that's happened to me was just I I like bombs. And I like throwing grenades and bombs in pretty much every Zelda and first person shooter and pretty much every game. I love things that you can toss and explode. And so I take back what I said last week about not knowing if I like the remote detonation bombs because, oh, my goodness, I love them. And yes, I was throwing one of the round bombs at uh, a moblin. And it rolled down the hill at it. The Moblin looked down at it and kicked it back at me. And I blew myself up because he did it at the moment that I clicked and it got back in range. I'm like, you jerk. You're smarter than you should be. I was like, he he kicked my grenade back at me. (laughs) <laughs> like that yeah. that that really blew my mind the first time like you can that read about fun. them running and getting weapons when you don't sneak up on them but when you see it happen it's like oh that's cool or stealing the weapon when you knock it out of their hand i love doing that it's like oh, yeah, i'm picking they get that mad one at you up. and they
0: don't know what to do it's yep. it's fun yeah i ended up playing with fire a lot because i thought the fire stuff was fun in this game like from uh, fire arrows to torches to I know that someone was sharing stuff around on Twitter and somebody accidentally lit a bear on fire and then jumped on it because you can use it as a mount and yeah. then rode around a flaming bear setting a forest on fire. That was pretty cool to see somebody do. Yeah, um, that was
1: cool. I saw that.
0: Yeah. So one of the things that happened to me that I haven't seen anyone else talk about, but I'm sure other people have run into it. Um, there is an event leading up to one of the dungeons where you have to collect a bunch of electric arrows And Mm, when you go mm. to do it in this area, there's a centaur there. And I'm pretty sure that you can approach that whole area as a stealth thing. Like you can sneak around, not let him see you pick up enough arrows to complete your objective and leave. But I got up there and I ran in there guns blazing or swords blazing, whatever. Mm. And just got destroyed by this guy. And I was like, Ooh, this is a fun challenge because at the time I only had three hearts. I was still on three hearts and (laughs) I was like, I can beat this guy. No, I'm not going to I'm not going to resort to sneaking. I want to beat this guy and just destroy this area because I think it'll be fun. So I spent like 45 minutes fighting this guy. And yeah, I don't doubt it. It was one of like the most fun encounters in the whole game for me because it was a challenge. And when I finally nailed it, I felt like a badass, you know?
1: Yeah, you never got hit then because that I don't understand because like I'm this far into the game. And if I see a centaur, I just run because every time I fight one outside of that one, where I overextended my resources and had to build back up slowly to get all of my food back. I uh, like, I don't win that. I don't know what it is about them, but there is something about me missing a single dodge that puts me entirely off balance. And then they end up murdering me after that, that I can do fine up to a point.
0: Yeah. So I did that one with basically just dodging every single attack and getting flurry attacks in. And when I did that, like it it was flawless because I was on three hearts like I had to do it flawlessly. It was such an accomplishment. I felt so good about it that that was the moment that I realized that I might want to do a three heart run of this entire game someday (laughs) was beating that boss. And but one I was that like forty five minutes when I was playing around with the encounter, one of the things that happened, and this is kind of the organic event part that I wanted to talk about, was there there are really big like rocks, like really big stones in that area, and besides that, it's mostly an open field with a couple like puddles and stuff, and it's raining, mm-hmm. and he shoots electric. Wait, you say it was raining? E. Yeah. Well, it was raining. It wasn't raining
1: when I was fighting him. But so that was one thing I was like, oh, I know exactly what's going to happen now as soon as you said it was raining.
0: Yeah. So it was raining. So every time he shot an arrow, an electric arrow at me, like it had a really big radius effect. I don't know if the rain affects that, but I wouldn't be surprised if it did because of the way this game is made. Um, Right. So he kept destroying me with these arrows and I was just looking around for another way to approach it instead of going like all melee all the time. And I saw that you know if i get up on top of one of these rocks they're really really big and they have like a big flat surface on top i might be able to find an angle where he can't shoot me but i can like kind of peek my head out and take pot shots at him until i like whittle him down to kill him so mm-hmm. i tried to do that i got up on top of one of these rocks and i started taking pot shots at him and he was trying to shoot me directly and so i would just like you know move link back a little bit and so every time he was about to actually like let go of his arrow I would move back, and he would shoot the rock kind of near him. And I was like, "Ha! This AI can't hit me. It doesn't have a good angle on me. I've got this. I can just pick away at this right. fight. And I'll, it'll you know it'll be slow, but I'll, I will beat it this way." And after about a minute of him like shooting directly at me and hitting the rock, he suddenly shoots directly up into the sky, and I was like, "Oh." <laughs> I broke the AI like something. I messed something up here like he doesn't know what he's doing. And then like five seconds later, an arrow comes down from directly above me and hits me square in the head and kills me instantly. Like (laughs) it was so good. It was so good. I was so proud of Nintendo in that moment, like for not letting me exploit it the way that I wanted to. I was like, wow, I want to destroy this guy. And then I just then I just decided to get good at the melee combat and just learned how to dodge all of his attacks. But I don't know. It was just such a cool thing that happened organically. You know, like that's my favorite memory from the game. Probably
1: like that is awesome. I've like my favorite is a Well, I, mine's a, a kind of a spoilery one, so I'm not going to. Well,
0: we're about to get into spoilers anyway. That was the very next thing on the list. So if you guys don't want any story spoilers at all. I promise there's not a whole lot of story here to spoil and it'll probably be fun to listen. So I don't be too afraid to listen anyway, but let's talk about kind of some of the spoiler stuff. So go ahead. What was your favorite memory?
1: Well, my favorite one was just when I texted you, I was, I found this place called the forgotten temple and I, I, so, and the way that I ran across, it was like we were talking about these organic events. I ran up into a tower and I did the whole thing, unlocked my map, did everything I needed to do, yada, yada, yada. And then I, kinda, I was doing my typical survey where I go 360 degrees and look for shrines to pin on my map. And when I did, I saw this dragon in this canyon. And I'm like,
0: what?
1: And I just look at him I'm like, I bet I can jump on that thing. I've not seen this thing before. So I glided down and I missed it. And then I kept trying to chase him and jump and paraglide using the uh, super, super ultra jump you uh, you get after one of the dungeons. And th- I couldn't get it. So I was like, hey, he moved too far away. I'm not going to be able to, uh, to attack him or to be able to ride him today. And so I just went the other direction. And all of a sudden, out of nowhere, I... I find this place called the Forgotten Temple and I'm like, oh, this is cool. And you look and there are ruins everywhere. And I love ruins like I love them. So I I just saw it. and I was like, this is great. I'm going to explore this. So I go inside and I'm like, oh, it's empty. This is really, really awesome. Awesome. I just uh, turned on my map and I'm like, this is its own little place here. It's like, this is great. And so I, I go further in. And as soon as I get in through that, the initial entryway part, I get highlighted by three different guardian lasers and get myself blown to smithereens, just blown up like it is not there there was no escaping this and i just like i I went back and that was when i spent that entire day like not that entire day i shouldn't even say it that way it was i spent as much time as i could i didn't have any kind of guardian armor i didn't have guardian arrows at this point I went in and I cleared that entire guardian infested like long pathway to the shrine at the end of it using just my bombs and whatever weapons I had on me and arrows and they were all stationary. Thank goodness. They're all the stationary kind it turns out, but it was using line of sight like you were talking about just making sure I took pot shots running up uh, slashing at them a little bit, having their head whip around, shoot lasers at me as I like Tom Cruise, sprinted away and leapt off of a cliff to paraglide to safety like it was so much fun doing that because i had absolutely no idea that this little area existed that it wasn't on the main maps i mean it was on the map but it wasn't part of the main quest it wasn't one of the it wasn't one of these large places like the lost woods or something that you are expecting out of a zelda game it's just hey i found this place oh my goodness i'm gonna explore this and basically have my own little mini adventure that i created created for myself like i have to get through this and learn how to do this and it was just like like you said with the with the centaur it was learning how to like appreciate that system and get good at it like i know that made me a better player by doing that because now i can take those out with no problem
0: yeah and it's like i have like 20 or 30 stories like that where it's just things that i stumbled on or discovered on my own or decided to Mm -hmm. work on and it ended up being like some of the most fun i had in the game and not to mention like the fact that with the guardians you like they just destroy you when you run into them at first and by the end of the game you have all these ways of dealing with them. And it's not that Link has necessarily more tools at his disposal. It's just that you understand it better and you are better as a player. Some of it is tools that you can use, but that's not necessarily the important part. The important part is like the player knowledge that you've gained. But I will say... It is super fun once you have a guardian shield when they lock it onto you and they try to blazer blast you and you deflect it back into their eye. That's like so satisfying.
1: Do you have to hit the uh, parry button to do that or does it do it automatically with the guardian shield? Because I haven't oh, no. tried. You have to I parry didn't. it perfectly.
0: You have okay. to get a perfect parry to knock it back into their face, which is why it feels so satisfying.
1: I wanted to make sure because I didn't want to waste one of my guardian shields just by standing there, like holding it at it, waiting on it to deflect.
0: Yeah, so that's really fun. Um, OK, so what do you think about, like, the story and the memories and the divine beast?
1: OK, before I do any of that, uh, before, in that line, before I get to what I actually think about it, one of the divine beasts is a giant robot camel. Like, who thinks yes. that's a good weapon? like I don't when you're know. building like weapons of mass destruction you're like my enemies are coming for me you know what would protect my kingdom a giant robot camel like it's like i saw this thing for the first time today and i'm like are you kidding me and uh, like but i love them like i love the fact that these are the main parts of the dungeons like these divine beasts are Just phenomenal to me that you get to go inside these gigantic robots and their entire labyrinths inside. Like, I adore this. And so for me, the the like hundred year ago uh, memories that you're piecing together, like there's no story in the game itself that, you know, like you said, it's a Zelda story, meaning you're Link, you woke up, go beat Ganon. That's the pretty much the story, even outside of the quest that you do it's like, hey, there's this robot that's attacking my village, kill it uh, and yeah, fix it's like it. The
0: present day feels like it's interesting gameplay systems and like just like systems and gameplay put together and yeah. you're kind of like creating your own organic events like we were talking about that will lead you to Ganon. But that doesn't feel like it's the driving force behind the narrative. The narrative feels like it's all the stuff that happened a hundred years ago that you slowly unlock by going to these memory points around the map. And when you reach a memory point and you activate it, you get a flashback to yourself with Princess Zelda a hundred years ago.
1: And those are awesome like i'm invested in that story which made me really think about it uh, today and when i was doing one of these it's like that's the story that's being told you're not yeah. participating in this story at all it's like you're nope. watching a chris nolan movie and it's like you're just getting pieces of this and putting them together out of order and the only way that you're going to have a full story is by doing all of it, and at the end of the game, you're going to have been told an entire story, but it's out of chronological order, and because it's out of chronological order, that makes it a lot more meaningful for you to piece together this narrative on your own, even though it is being presented in an entirely uh, just... uh, in an entirely typical way you know you're getting pieces of a flashback i mean that's not a new mechanic but it feels as though the storytelling is being delivered in a new way uh which is you know what nintendo has done with this game like i love the fact that i'm not participating in the story like a final fantasy game that i'm just playing and oh here's a time to learn more about the story you care about
0: yeah it's oddly compelling and like it ties in really well with the gameplay because you unlock the story by exploring like you mm-hmm. have to explore to get to these points so i think i did all of the memories before i did any of the divine beasts oh um, wow just because i found it so compelling and that's another reason that i did all the towers first because i did the towers so that i could see like the topography of the landscape so that i could try to figure out where the memories had taken place and then go track them down okay. So I did like all of that before I beat my first divine beast, and the divine beasts I think they're fine. Like they're they're good dungeons. They're solid. They don't last too long. Like each one probably took me about an hour the first time. And I bet if I were to yeah. go back and replay them now, each one would take half that, or maybe only like twenty minutes. Which is probably good that it's not giant dragon dungeons like old Zelda games. Um, yeah, but the memories were like the part that was really compelling to me. Like the The divine beasts were fine, and they added like to the champions' stories, like all the other people that were with you as champions. But that core story with Zelda, I found it oddly compelling, and yeah, this is probably my favorite incarnation of Zelda as a character. Um, I might still have to give it to the one in Wind Waker because she's kind of an awesome pirate. But I mean, this <laughs> Zelda. And I don't know if you've unlocked all the memories yet, so I won't tell you exactly what happens, but just by unlocking them, you learn that this Zelda is a scientist and like, that's awesome. She, she's a princess because she was born into it and she has to be, but her passion is science and figuring out technology and investigating things. And I love that about her, that she's not just a princess. Her whole point is not just to be there and be a princess like she has passions outside of that. She loves science. She loves learning. And like that resonates with me so much. So I'm pretty sure this is my favorite Zelda character in the whole series.
1: OK, now here is a spoiler for me that I want you to tell me about. OK, so okay. this for you, those of you who are listening, this is going to be a very minor spoilery discussion for near the end game is Zelda. Let me pause for a second. Is Zelda like actually fighting Ganon and like holding him off in Hyrule Castle? Like they said, she is
0: holding him off, but she's not like it's not like a physical fight. It's like a contest of wills like you never.
1: Okay, but she is actually doing that, right? yes okay yes. that's what i love about it that is something that i've been pushing for that i'm really that I was really hoping would happen because this is not a rescue the princess story like it's setting oh, it no. up to be this is a zelda is holding the entire world together right now and you are going so that she doesn't lose at some point or to be able to make sure that uh that like the entire world doesn't end but she has been holding the world together for a hundred years you are not saving the princess like the princess has saved you <laughs> like you are going to do your job that she saved you from because you failed and it's like that makes zelda just so wonderfully interesting to me because this entire time they're like oh you have to go in there and rescue I was like zelda don't need rescued zelda's in there doing her thing
0: yes for sure i like that a lot about this zelda too like i said it's it's a really good characterization of zelda as a character and not just a princess
1: okay okay i texted you about this yesterday and so for those of you who haven't made it there is a place called eventide island on in the game and it's a shrine that takes a that that you're cast away. they take away all of your They take away all of your equipment, all of your everything, but your, your iPhone. And they tell you that if you can get these three, three orbs onto these three altars, they'll give them all back. And so what I didn't know when I went in with that was that they don't allow you to save. So I had to redo a whole lot of it when I died at one point. Um, And I love this. Like it was so much fun fun to go through uh the eventide island stuff and uh like but i was super frustrated i couldn't save because i needed to go do something at some at one point it's like (laughs) nope gotta push through uh so this was one of those frustrating kind of long zelda things uh but there are two parts about this where this this island made me like love the fact that you could do it in so many different ways because I even did it in two different ways when I died and came back. Like, okay, there's a Hinox on this island, right? And yeah. it has the third orb around its neck as a necklace. Which How did you those kill of you it? We
0: haven't played the game yet. It's like it's a giant giant it's a giant with it's a, like it's one a giant eye.
1: cyclops yeah yeah exactly you're basically odysseus coming in and it's sleeping and then you wake it up and it attacks you and it's like how did you kill it i'm really curious on I, this i killed it by attacking it last so i did
0: the rest of the island i got two orbs into place i killed everything else on the island and yes. i saved all the best weapons so that i could go take it on head on and then I just dodged okay.
1: a lot. Okay, so you took it on head-on and dodged a lot and actually used weapons. So yep. that's what I was curious about. I figured that was something that you had done. I led it up to the uh, mountain, you know, the, uh, not the tallest mountain where the actual shrine was on top of, but the other one that had the uh, little campsite on. I led the explosive
0: him, barrels that are up there
1: where I'd used all of those to kill everything else already so it was empty I would emptied it okay. out and so I, I stood on the edge of it and started throwing my bombs off at him because you still have your iPhone so I started throwing my bombs my bombs off at him and uh, waking him up and doing what little bits of damage I could and just kept pelting him from above and as he realized where I was and came up I ran in circles and threw bombs at him every time the timer came up and just ran in circles like a benny hill like like intro throwing by like and just threw the blue bombs at him over and over and over again because i had no arrows or weapons left and uh i won and then it got me that third orb which i had to put on that floating island right (laughs) yeah how'd you get over there how'd you get over there void
0: i just threw it in the water and then i used the cryo pillar thing to lift the The lift the orb out of the water, and then I climbed on top of the cryo pillar and I picked up the orb again and threw it into the hole.
1: Yep, see, that would have made sense. That uh, that would have made sense if I'd remembered I had the cryo cryosis or whatever. Uh, what I ended up trying to do for a very long time was I chopped down a tree and I pushed it out into the water and used it as a raft where I oh man, I manipulated the physics enough to where i swam and bumped the orb with my head until i lined it up next to the uh the tree that i'd cut down stood on top of the tree grabbed it and threw it really quickly before the physics pushed me off and then used the revelo's wind to jump up and paraglide down onto it to put it in the hole Wow, I love this game. This yeah. game is so fun. This is why I had to ask that, because I was so proud of myself for doing that, and then I was like, I know he didn't do it like that. I know there has to be a better job, way than Ish. this, but I put it in my head. I was like, I'm going to do it, and I did.
0: <laughs> you found a way to do it. That's the important thing. Cool. Yep. Anything else spoilery that you wanted to hit on?
1: Um, You know, I, for those of you who don't, uh, don't dodge things like I do if you stand in all the fire... Do Zora first because you get a free res every 30 minutes, and that is the most useful thing in this game. I've gotten so many fewer game over screens because of that. Just that little bit of extra help has so made my life better. Like, I also really want another Rito bow, like the ones that get super long and shoot like three arrows that you get after beating the second dungeon. Can you get any more of these really awesome bows like that? Or is that the only one?
0: no, after you beat the the flying bird divine beast dungeon, which yeah. there's no real first, second, third, fourth dungeon. It's just whatever order you want to tackle them. Right. Um, that was a second. But for yeah, me. If, if that was your second one, after you beat that, you get totally different dialogue options with all of the people in the town, just like after the Zora one, all of the right. Zora dialogue ones become different. One of the bird men that you talk to, he offers to make you more of those bows. You just have to bring him the right supplies
1: awesome i'm gonna go check yeah. that out next time i log in then <laughs> log in like turn yeah, it you on you should check it's, that out because i talked to a whole bunch of people but i just must have missed that one so awesome
0: yeah he tells you straight up that he'll make you more bows you just have to bring him whatever he needs for it um awesome i will say that if you're more like me and you don't need the hearts and you don't need the life like free res every 30 minutes go tackle the flying divine beast first because it has the best power for exploration which yes. we're already in spoilers here but like it lets you charge up your jump and if you charge up your jump it'll like send you flying super high up in the air with like a burst of updraft and you can just you can abuse that the whole rest of the mm-hmm. game to get places you're not supposed to be or to get places faster or just to make exploration easier. And I love that one.
1: It's so much fun. Like you telling me just you were like, you didn't even tell me what it was. You just said it makes exploration no, I think I better. Told you,
0: yeah, I think I told you go to the Northwest Divine Beast if you want to make exploration better. <laughs>
1: Yep, that's what you told me. And so I did, and I was like, oh my goodness, this is everything I've ever wanted in the world. And uh, I love it. Like, it's seriously awesome.
0: Yeah, and okay, so the last spoilery thing that I wanted to say was this is my favorite Ganon fight ever. And I don't want to ruin it because it's really cool when you get to it. Um, but, I mean, it's a last boss. It has multiple stages. That's I don't think that's a huge revelation to anybody. Um, right. Th- the first stage of Ganon is about what I expected and it was fine it was a boss like the other bosses in the game the second stage of Ganon in this game was my favorite Ganon fight ever and it felt truly epic it wasn't
1: like hard but it was just it it was very satisfying Um, yeah it's very hard for me not to go look up YouTube videos of it to know what's going on, but I want so much of this game to be just fully experiencing it without looking at anything spoilery strategy guide or anything at all. Like I said, there's only been like one thing that I looked up because I wanted my master sword after you told me like what, like you, you had mentioned in passing, Oh, you need this many heart containers. You need your 13 heart containers to get the master sword. And so when I knew that I went for the hearts for, secondary reasons with that and then I was like I want to get my master sword in the morning so I'm going to finish this out right now and that that was was the only reason I got hearts was because I wanted the master sword because it
0: felt like kind of the right way to play through the game was to beat all the (laughs) divine beasts and get the master sword before you take on Ganon even though I know you don't have to like all of that feels optional which is why speed runs are going to be insane of this game but I wanted that master sword and you have to have 13 hearts to be able to get it. Otherwise, it's just you can't. It's impossible. So I ended up finishing the game with exactly 13 hearts because that's how many I had to have to get the master sword.
1: And you had mentioned that you went into Hyrule Castle early. I'm assuming it was to get the Hylian Shield or Hylian Shield. Oh, no, it was to get the memory. There's a memory
0: in Hyrule Castle. So I did it like inside. I, yeah, it's like way up near the top between two of the towers So I did that before I beat any of the Divine Beasts just because I wanted the memories. Nice.
1: Because I was going to ask about the shield because I know it still has durability and I'm not getting it until the end. Like I thought about running in and grabbing it and coming back out and I decided that I was going to wait because I knew it would break eventually.
0: I think with that one, after you pick up the first one in Hyrule Castle, if it breaks, you can like... There's somebody in the world where you can have them make you another one, but you have to get the first one. Oh. Yeah, there's a couple things in this game where it's like it seems like a one use item, but you can find people to remake it for you, which is weird because it's like not how the rest of the weapon systems work. But there are a couple exceptions, like the bow you were talking about and like the shield, stuff like that.
1: And it's because of the uh, the the trident that you get in the Zora place. It may be the almost uh, legendary weapons that belong to each of the races.
0: Yeah, it might be something like that.
1: Cool. Okay, what do you
0: have final comments for the game? And then we'll do very quickly geekery because we're already (laughs) running long.
1: I honestly don't know if I'll ever play through this game again that this may be my favorite... This is my favorite Zelda ever. And it pretty much, like I said earlier, it makes me feel like I did when I was a, a young teenager, you know, playing Ocarina of Time. Like, that's how awesome I think it is. But I may only ever play through this game one time simply because of how big and expansive it is and just how much there is to do. Like, I am diving deep and fully into this that... I may only ever experience this once and I'm kind of okay with that. But you like it. I lot. love it. Yeah, I love okay. it. Like this is uh, it makes me want to go play the older Zelda games after this. Like it makes me want to go and actually try like Twilight Princess HD and get through the monkey dungeon and see about it. And like eventually at some point try Skyward Sword. But I know I'm going to be let down. I absolutely know yeah, that I'm going to be let you're down. after am going to be let down.
0: Yeah. Yeah, that'll happen. Um. So my final thoughts, this is my favorite Zelda game, no question. It's absolutely my favorite Zelda ever. And because I played it so much in such a short period of time, I now want every game that I play to be on the Nintendo Switch because I love yeah. this form factor. And I know I talked about it for like an hour last week, but having lived with it for another week on top of that, like I'm already... Sad that Mass Effect next week will not be on the Nintendo Switch because I want to be able to take it with me wherever I am in the house. I want to be able to take Uh, it out of the dock and play it in a chair when my kids are using the TV. I want to be able to take it to bed with me and play for a while while I'm winding down for the night. Like, I'm already so attached to the Nintendo Switch form factor and Zelda, because of like, because of Zelda and like the intense period of time that I played it for such a long amount in such a short period of time, has utterly convinced me that this form factor is like perfect for me. And on top of that, just about the game itself, this is obviously a game of the year contender for me. And I think it is for Mm -hmm. you too, right?
1: Yeah. I'm not really sure how there's anything that can compete with this. Like Persona four really good but like and I know everyone says that it's like this amazing game and I'm sure I'll and I'll experience it but I'm not sure if anything can make me feel like because this one has made me feel which is weird like it's it's so full of nostalgia and just wonder that it's gonna be really hard for another game to live up to that yeah yeah I have high hopes for Persona 5 and Makes sense.
0: Yeah. Besides that, I mean, Mass Effect Andromeda, I'm really excited for also. And Hitman was a fantastic game. But like Zelda is definitely going to be in the running for game of the year for me. I mean, it's way too early to tell. It's March right now. But it's just it's obvious after beating it that like this is a game of the year contender. No question. Okay, cool. With that geeky offer of the week, we'll make it really quick this week. You could get Zelda or Persona 4 Golden or any. Other game you could imagine on GameFly, and we can give you a free month, and you can help us out, and you get a free month, and we get some stuff from it. So if you go to GameFlyOffer.com/geek, you get a month free, and you can try it out, and it's a really cool service that we like. That's all I'll say for this week. With that, it's time for weekly geekery, which we will make fast because we're already long. Um, I got a second Switch dock because I love the form factor of the Nintendo Switch so much that. I wanted it on both of my TVs, (laughs) so I bought another (laughs) dock for it, and I've actively been taking it to different rooms of my house, like I was just talking about. Like, I just love the form factor of this thing, and... Sometimes I'm playing it in bed in handheld mode. And then sometimes I'm upstairs in my room and I dock it and I grab a pro controller and play it. Like, I I don't know. I just love this console. It's so good. And because I beat Zelda and I didn't want to stop playing the Nintendo switch, I also got shovel Knight again. I think this is like the third time I've bought it, but I love <laughs> that game. Wow. Um, so I've been playing shovel Knight a little bit on the Nintendo switch, just to have something to play for another week or two until more switch games comes out that I fully intend on buying. Um, outside of that i also got a curiosity box which have you ever well i know like loot crated right yeah absolutely yeah so there's loot crate and then there are other services that are boxes that like creators put together and they come out like once every quarter so it's like once every three months so it's instead of i mean it's approximately the same amount that you pay for loot crate but instead of paying a little bit every single month and getting like a little box of kind of trinkety stuff you pay one bigger chunk once every three months and okay oh you get like really nice stuff in it so i got my first curiosity box which is by like the vsauce guys on youtube because i really like right. their content like we talked about a couple of weeks ago youtube content i actually watch and it had all sorts of like Cool sciencey stuff in it and little science experiments that I did with my kid and like my kids, and like little knickknacks that were this like curiosity themed. There was a book in it, there was a t shirt, there was you know a pin, like some of the stuff you would expect from any crate, but it was just curiosity. And I have like such a huge curiosity for things that it seemed like a good fit for me. So I liked the initial like starter crate that they send you when you sign up. That's the one I got, but I'm really excited to see going forward because this one was kind of like a best of box and it was good, but it was also kind of a little bit disjointed. Like it was kind of random stuff, you know, but that sounds really
1: cool though. It was
0: really cool. But going forward, like, I think they're more on theme you know so if you get a okay. standard box like it has a theme that the whole thing is based around so I'm more excited to see what that looks like even though I like this first one a lot but that
1: was it most yeah, of my it'll week be was interesting to Zelda. see what kind of themes
0: they do yeah most of my week was playing Zelda so that's literally all I have for Geekery this week
1: yeah I mean I played Persona 4 for a little while got into it to see how the characters interact a little bit more and uh, did some fights and played with the Personas themselves and then I ended up grabbing the Wii u and uh had a buddy come into town and just played zelda like that was it was awesome like i've pretty much just played zelda this week since uh last time played persona and zelda but like i cannot think of anything other than that that i have that i've done zelda is so good i'm still it playing is. zelda like i've beaten I it and i'm still
0: playing it yeah i was yeah, gonna no, ask you, you said that you it, still want to I... play
1: the switch i'm like there's more in zelda i'm sure
0: yeah, there's tons of stuff I haven't found yet. There's things like, you know, you were talking about that Forgotten Temple. I haven't run into that yet. There's lots of places that I know that I just want to go explore. And I only have about 70 of the shrines. I think there's like 120. 120. Yeah. So, I mean, I have almost half of them left that I can still hunt yep. and find.
1: So I'm still playing Zelda even though I beat it. And yeah, I'm just I'm, I'm loving it. I'm I'm what I really want to get all 120 shrines. That I don't know if I will, but I really want to. Do you know what you unlock when you get it? I that? sure do. I okay. Does it have
0: any bonuses or anything when you get it? I have no idea, but it is the traditional Link tunic. So yep. the green tunic. And I heard, I saw, I read something like that, an interview with the game creators, and they said that, that traditional look of Link, because graphics keep getting better, it's harder and harder to make it look cool. They said that I bet. Because of the hat, it looks dumb when you go to high definition. And I thought it was the (laughs) funniest thing because I was reading about it and they were talking about all the solutions that they've tried to do over time. And you can tell this is the game where they finally just gave up, you know, because they were talking about how like in... I think it was Skyward Sword or Twilight Princess, they made it, like, a really long tail on the hat so that it could have some, like, interaction with the wind and movement and stuff and it had a little bit more give to it and, like, move with your character. But they said that, like... It just doesn't look cool, which is why Link doesn't really have a hat in this game compared to old games. I just thought it was funny.
1: I'm really happy about that, too, because I like the way he looks in almost everything in this game, except for just a couple of the armor sets. Yeah, Oh, so good.
0: Okay, we should wrap up. You can write to us with comments, suggestions or feedback. Our email address is always is geek2geekcast at gmail.com or reach us on Twitter at geek2geekcast. We also have our longer discussion threads on our subreddit at reddit.com slash r slash geek2geekcast. Come into the subreddit and tell us all about your organic Zelda Switch-like experiences. I want to hear other things because... Just even just talking with you, like, I want to hear what other people experienced as the first time that they were kind of like wowed by this game.
1: Yeah, I mean, I exactly out. You actually took the words right out of my mouth when I said Well, I was going to say that when you finished up that part about the subreddit. So, yeah, come and talk to us about Zelda. And if you want us to give you email updates about whenever any new episodes go out from any of our networks, podcasts, you can sign up at geek dot net and just tell us which ones you want updates about.
0: I blog at agreenmushroom.com, and you can find me at grnmushroom. That's green mushroom without the E's on Twitter.
1: And I'm on Twitter as at Professor Beege. That's Beege with two E's, and I blog and podcast at geekfitness.net. We've been Void and Beej with your geek to geek podcast. That'll do it for this week. See you next week, geeks. <sighs> Breathing wi- wildly. Breathing <sighs> <sighs> wildly. Comics. Hey everyone, this is Rob, your friendly neighborhood comic geek, and this is Liam, the the languishing lascivious Liam of Langley. Wow, that was extremely illiterate of you. Well, I try. We are the hosts of the Comic Box, part of the Geek to Geek podcast network. So join us. Bop bop. Chook. Oh chak. yeah.